Hello and welcome to the Digital Jeweller Podcast. My name is Ryan Edkins and today I'm joined by Simon Forrester, CEO of the National Association of Jewellers. So the question is this, how are we as jewellers going to thrive in this ever-changing economy? How do we market our products and our services out into the world to ensure we get our message heard? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Ryan Edkins, and welcome to the Digital Jeweller. Welcome, Simon. Hi, Ryan. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me onto the Digital Jeweller podcast. Pleasure to have you. Pleasure to have you. So, um, new, new position here at the NAJ. 115 <laughs> days and counting. Oh, so we're uh, counting the days as well. Uh, well, well uh, yeah, no, it was a couple of weeks back I had my 100 days meeting with uh, my, my uh, chairman uh, to sort of see how we were getting on with things. Very and, good, uh, very touch good. Touch points, so, so I... Uh, a celebration as well, I hope. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed getting into this industry. I mean, I knew very little about the jewellery sector beforehand and... I'm sure some of your, your listeners are thinking, well, where, where's this guy come from? I, I'm an association manager by trade. Mm. I've run a variety of trade associations, my most recent one being in the public health pest control arena. And you yes. might think, what the hell is that got to do well, with Well, I can imagine the, the listeners are thinking that, you know, um, how can you apply those skills from your previous roles in those um, associations to the NAJ? Well, luckily, the, there's a common thread running through all associations, which is representing the needs of the membership. And uh, in my last industry, that was around professionalising the sector, so improving training and educational opportunities for pest controllers, but also explaining to the public the need to use professional pest controllers rather than trying to do things themselves. And I think that maps across quite well to this industry in terms of NAJ's role to educate and inform the sector so people can be better at their jobs and, mm. and the jewellery industry is more professional generally, but also to educate the public that they should be buying from an NAJ member and in fact that they should be buying jewellery as well, rather than an iPhone or one of our WYSI laptops. And that's right, and that's, that's probably one of the, the biggest um, pain points, I guess you could say, for industry members at the moment is how do we, how do we um, get those millennials buying more uh, jewellery as a, as a group? Yes, mm -hmm. uh, well I think it's not just millennials, I think, I think it's pretty much across the board. And yeah. that, in, in my, uh, in my three, three months or so in the job, that's been a consistent message from the, from the membership, it, which is how can the association help us to sell more jewellery? Um, I think there's, there's lots of things we can do, um, but really uh, with any major project of this sort, we've got to kind of go back to basics and do some, some research. We, we, we don't want to go off half cock with this and, mm. and get it wrong. So uh, unfortunately, I haven't got a scoop for your, for your listeners that yeah. this is, this <laughs> is the, what we're going to do. But what I can do is talk about some of the sort of generalities around, around where I think we might be heading. Mm. Uh, and obviously, when people listen to this, if they've got any comments, then please get in touch with me. Email address is simon at naj.co.uk and you know, list, list it next to the uh, to the podcast. Yeah, so we'll put it in, uh, in the, in the, the write-up below. So um, if Thank you do you. have any questions, feel free to send in. I'm sure he's got all the, all the answers uh, for you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for building me. No, there, no, no, no problem, no, no problem. Okay. So, so in terms of the, the membership, the, the, 
obviously the key thing is is uh, this this move to encourage people to buy more jewellery. I think that that one of the first things we need to do, uh, as this is the the digital jeweller podcast, is sort out our website. The NAJ website is pretty poor mm. to say the least. Um, it's not mobile responsive. It's not got many images of jewellery on it. It's mm. very focused on the industry. So uh, we, we're coming out in uh, September with a new website, which will the front of which will be completely uh, customer focused. It will be aimed at the public, and that will be really sh- uh, showing them some fantastic images of the the jewellery mm. that our members make and sell. Do you feel that's um, something that you've had sex, su- success with in the past with uh, other associations being more consumer forward um, and sharing more information about members? Yes, in, in my last industry, uh, the, the pest control industry, we introduced a, a magazine which went out to um, users of pest control services. So not quite so much the public, it was more around uh, facilities managers or farmers or owners of um, uh, restaurants and takeaways uh, to, to, to kind of express things in, the, in terms of their needs. So mm. you know, for example, um, restaurants, what's what they could do themselves to overcome pest problems, how they could um, make sure that they got a five-star rating with their local environmental health people Mm. on the Food Standards Agency website. Um, So giving them information and support. um, And I think that, again, tracks across quite neatly to to the the, the front end of our website, which will be around things you can do uh, with your jewellery. So if you've got maybe grandma's brooch, you Mm. don't want to wander around wearing a brooch, uh, particularly if you're a guy you've inherited it. Yeah. Um, but you might think, okay, well, I'll have that turned into another piece of jewellery. I'll have it reset into something. And most people don't really even know about that. You know, talk to people and they go, oh, I had no idea I could do that. That's right. So that's that's reusing something with real sentimental value in a new way. I'm just giving, bringing awareness to the fact that there are people and members local to them that are able to undertake this task as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Promoting these members that offer remodeling or um, rejuvenation of these old heirlooms, you could say. Yeah. yeah. But it's also about, also about new jewelry. So, if, mm. uh, for example, in, in your book, you mentioned about um, how people can um, personalize jewelry to give it that extra kind of story, that experiential kind of, you know, this, is, this isn't like everybody else's, this, mm. is, this is unique to me. And that might be by bringing in a hand engraver. So we will be putting some, we're working with the Hand Engravers Association to get some video together, which we'll put on the website so people can say, okay, so this is what hand engravers can do for me. And we'll be working our way through our membership to uh, to look at um, people that are sourcing gems or people that are repairing jewellery, valuations and, and kind of spotlighting those on the website for people. I think so, it's, a, it's a great idea, the, the, the idea that you can actually go into these businesses and, and really share with consumers exactly how these businesses run, how they assault gems, um, how do they grade gems, how engravers uh, work on pieces and educating the public to this really like artisan um, craft that is the jewellery industry, essentially. Well, as, as somebody who's you know, still technically from outside the industry, I wouldn't class myself as, as one, one of us <laughs> quite yet. Uh, I hope to be soon, but um, I, I had absolutely no idea what went into a piece of jewellery until it was explained to me and I saw the huge range of, I mean, there's you know, a couple of dozen people touch each piece of jewellery before it ends up in a, in a box on a 
on a shelf somewhere mm. it's it, or, or in, in a window display. And for me, uh, I have no idea about that just mm. because it isn't something you think of. And the, and the craftsmanship and the years of skills and knowledge and experience that go into that, the love and passion that go into producing every single piece of jewellery, it's, uh, it's fascinating. And I think that's fascinating for the end, end user. 100%, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's um, a secret still in a way that um, how much is involved in making these pieces. And, and really we're, now we're in this digital economy where consumers, they want more transparency, they want to know more. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a, a great thing that with your fresh pair of eyes, you could say, you, you come from that different perspective and have an understanding of what uh, the industry needs to now talk about and uh, push out into, into the world. Yeah, so, so I, I, I think the, the end user, we've talked about millennials before, um, millennials want an experience, they want to understand where things have come from, where they're sourced, what, what the backstory is to things. And that's where digital really adds value. You can, you can actually show people their item of jewelry being made, just like a, a BMW or a Mercedes mm. car. If you buy one new, you can actually track that car mm. from you know, bits of metal through to it rolling off the production line. And that's a fantastic story. It becomes a keepsake essentially, doesn't it? Something yeah. that, that uh, is part of the purchase. And I don't think um, there's enough retailers out there currently that are, are really leveraging um, technology and to be able to share that information. Well, I, I did it. I did a quick uh, straw poll. I, I, my wife jokes now that uh, three years ago you couldn't get me across the threshold of a jeweller's, and now I'm dragging her into jewellery <laughs> stores on a on a regular basis. I mean, she's very pleased with your new position. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yes. The, the the joke when I uh, when I said I got the job was that she was gonna she was rushed into hospital because she's having some extra fingers grafted on. <laughs> but now we, we've, we've resisted the temptation to buy just yet. Uh, oh, well, we've got, we've got some time yet. So there's, there's, sure. there's time yet, yes. <laughs> Anyone out there who's listening who's got discounts available? No, I, I'm joking. So, um, uh, so yeah, so just a straw poll of, of, of jewellers going into, I think less than half had any sort of screen in, in, visible to the customer. Any, anything other right. than uh, a security screen, which was very visible. So tell, tell us more about um, uh, where you went out, how you went out, and uh, what made you decide to visit certain areas, I guess, of the UK? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've been sort of just traveling around and, and stopping up in town centers and just having a look around, mm. um, going in as a sort of almost a mystery shopper. Mm. And then subsequent to that, obviously sort of saying, oh, when I, I'm, I work for the NAJ, hi, I'm Simon, whether they're members or not, and just having a chat with them about their, their views. I did that before I started in the job on a, on a smaller scale uh, when I was coming for interviews for the job with uh, IJL, came mm. down to IJL and talked to exhibitors there about the, the industry, about what their perceptions were of NAJ and just over sort of, you know, in the in the coffee queue, just turning to people and go, "Who are you? Oh, I'm a retailer. Oh, well, tell me your views on it." Yeah. So, so kind of got a got an understanding of where people are coming from, and actually, that's been reflected through in terms of people's views of NAJ. Um, as as people may have heard me say before, NAJ went through a huge upheaval to this merger of, and unification of the two mm. big associations. Now we we sit poised to offer a single voice for everything from a, a, a bar of gold at one end of the process through to repair and valuations at, at the other end mm. and everything in between. And that's that's a huge challenge in terms of a, the role of an association, mm. but 
it's such a powerful voice. We are the whole sector. Mm. You know, NAJ does genuinely stand for the whole of the of the jewellery sector. I think that's something we need to leverage. We need to get our members behind us with these campaigns. The first of which I, I'm guessing will be around that consumer-focused uh, piece of work. And we've, we've been talking about the idea of uh, awareness weeks, um, about uh, going into schools and explaining about where jewellery comes from mm. and giving the kids something to take back with them. I mean, I was kind of invited to the, the steering committee meeting uh, a few weeks ago, which yeah. was very interesting and, and great to, to hear the opinions and um, experiences of other members um, from, as you say, bullion dealers all the way through to retailers. And um, I think there's quite a common thread of, of support there um, but yes. what would you say to those uh, listeners who maybe are not members um, or uh, have had some um, bad thoughts, you might say, in the past of the NAJ mm-hmm. uh, and, and feel a little bit left out? How can we energise those uh, listeners to really join the community and make the most of the NAJ? Well, I think, I think this is where we need to demonstrate to them the, the value of, of membership. Um, you know, it, it, we obviously are stronger the more members we have, the, you know, the bigger voice we have, the, the more power, the more money we have to spend on these campaigns. I mean, any sort of B2C campaign is going to be expensive. So if people come to us and join, then we can use their member subscriptions to, to leverage consumers to come back mm. and make that sort of virtuous circle that, that, that uh, we work on behalf of our members and members yield the results. Mm. Um, and obviously, those people that join have a voice in, in our direction. Um, those people that get involved uh, can influence and direct. And, and again, another sort of sub-reason for that meeting was to, to say to people, look, this is where we're going. Do you want to come on that journey with us? Are there particular areas where you think you can yield some expertise and, and help to direct us? And we were talking, for example, around uh, blockchain. That's and, right, and, yeah. Um, you know, you, you've, you've Quite a big advocate myself, I have to say, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and that's really interesting. I, I, you know, we, we had another of those... Uh, leaders forums uh, in in Birmingham uh, the day before we're recording this podcast in uh, in May and and there somebody said said entirely the opposite they had a, a completely different view of, of blockchain in that they didn't believe that that was going to work for well for example uh, gemstones uh, and and that traceability yeah when I guess once you you add blockchain to a, a, a physical object. Then uh, it's not so secure in that uh, those physical <coughs> objects can be uh, uh, counterfeit or, or replaced with something of, of different value. So yes. I think it's a very uh, a very um, valid comment. Um, and uh, but I I feel over time as we understand the technology more and how to apply it, these things you know they'll they'll be solved or there'll be better ways to deal with them. Well, I entirely agree. I, I look back. Uh, five, six, seven years ago uh, to the sort of the, the, the birth of social media in, in, yeah, in, in any strong form and having those conversations with people where I said, we've got to get a, a, an Instagram feed, we've got to get a, a, a web presence, a strong web presence through mm. Twitter, mm. through Facebook. And they're saying, but this is pest control. Nobody wants to see pictures of, of dead rats and things. <laughs> and I said, no, it's not about that. It's about showing 
healthy, happy families and, mm. and restaurants that are, that are safe for the public to eat in. And mm. it's, it's about changing the conversation. I think that's, again, where, where many members are, uh, are missing out. They're not leveraging Instagram. I mean, mm. most young people now will be looking on Instagram for ideas. They'll look on Etsy for quirky jewellery. So right. there's, there's ways you can leverage that to, to, to be a sales force for you, to, mm. to actually bring people into your store, whether it's bricks or it's clicks, it doesn't really matter. And I it's guess getting those, people through the door, isn't it? That's right. And, and those people who um, feel like they haven't had any results from, from Instagram um, or any of the social networks, I'd say it's, it's not a, a short, quick answer to their problem. It's something mm. that they need to embrace as part of the core of their business because yeah. now we are a digital, um, digitally connected world and the, the amount of connections are only going to grow. Mm. So um, rather than going against the grain, you could say if you start small, start, um, you know, small steps to start growing your social awareness and you'll find that people will start coming into your store mentioning that they've seen this item of jewellery on your feed or someone recommended this or shared this post. Yeah. But it just takes time. That's the only thing. It does. One of the great things, I think, about the... the, the interconnectedness of all things now with the internet, with uh, the digital world is that uh, if you're not an expert in it you can find an expert very quickly who won't really charge you that much money and I think again you mentioned that in the in the book about about uh, Fiverr and freelance.com and these yes, sort of websites yeah. and I've got a family member who's a, a freelancer on that on that very site and and uh, works for people all around the world. Uh, he's, he's written a children's book for somebody, which is uh, which <laughs> on Amazon. Yeah. He's, 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 uh, he's proofread people's websites, uh, you know, the English translations of their websites. He's uh, uh, co uh, done copywriting for, for books. Uh, the, I need to put him in touch with you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it's, it's very easy to find people who can help you. And if you're willing to kind of trust them, it's not a big expense, but if you're willing to trust them and That's say, all right. oh, and it's, it's, get, get into this for me. It is about trust. The, you know, the, there's options where you could go to an agency and you could pay three, four times the actual going rate of, of a freelancer just yeah. for the same job, essentially. Yes. And it, it is the world we live in. Um, you know, the, the margins are tighter, the, the overheads, the rents are going up. So anything that you can do to help reduce the cost and the overhead um, of your business and, and sharing your message will only be a plus. And I'm, I'm a big fan of freelancers, for sure. And, and I would... I go back to the to the uh, analogy I use, which is that yes, you can learn how to use Instagram and Facebook and all, all these things. You can, you can spend that time to do that, but would you if your boiler went wrong? Would you would you train to be a gas safe engineer if you're if you if you had rats in in the walls of your house? Would you would you stop and learn to be a, a fully qualified pest controller? Get an expert in. Mm. Don't try and do it yourself. That's exactly so, so, exactly, and, and that can and. That gives you that time to, uh, and I think this kind of goes through your book like a comment, like a stick of rubber, <laughs> which is spend the time doing what you're good at, which is selling jewellery to people. Yeah. You know, don't don't try and reinvent yourself as a as a marketing guru or a, or mm. a digital guru. You leverage other people's uh, knowledge and experience in that area. That's right. Even with um, you know, there may be family members of of, um, of retailers that are listening. Uh, are you know they're young they're 
late teens, early 20s, and they'll happily um, share their expertise in social media yeah. and, and, and do the work for you. You know, you don't have to go out and pay freelancers. There may be someone in your immediate vicinity that you didn't even know had this skill already. Just, just as you used to set the video for your mum and dad, There'll be there'll now be people who can set up your your Instagram feed for you. That's yeah, right. Don't don't be don't be too proud to 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 admit that uh, there might be someone else there that can help you. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure we'll um we'll be um, technophobes later in in life that we'll need some help. No doubt. In, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a common thing. Mm. Um, going back to your point about um, uh, the, the the challenges for the association and and and, and our members. Um, Obviously, footfall uh, is is a real problem. Mm. Um, I I can't magic people up to come through the door, mm. but I think that's about giving people the the skills and knowledge about what is working or what could work for them in terms of uh, either their web or their or their physical presence, mm. and 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 get people to maybe think outside the box a little bit. Don't just copy what other people are doing. Um, uh, we were talking bef- before we started recording about uh, about the the lemmings out there. That's, a, that's, that's right. A, that's the term, term that I use in my book. That's right. <laughs> so so that's that's essentially, if I get get this right, um, people who look at what the the store down the road is doing and and copy them, mm. or they they look at what uh, a winning website is doing and just try and reproduce that. And it just becomes part of the noise. If you if you end up following what others are doing, then there's no way that you're going to um, be noticed out in in uh, in the social world, in the media world. You have to think outside the box. And I'm sure you've come across um, examples of of retailers that are doing. Quite unique things. Yeah, uh, a couple that have um, uh, amused me recently. One is uh, a jeweller that I won't mention any names uh, to, uh, to to let them maintain their competitive advantage. <laughs> but one one is uh, inviting uh, WI and uh, senior citizens groups into the store on a regular basis, and um, and uh, explaining um, something about a, a piece of jewellery, or that they're either going into the history of a piece of jewellery. Uh, they're bringing value, uh, valuing experts in, IRV members into the store, who are then able to uh, to, to do a quick valuation for people on their jewellery, and that's kind of encouraging them to to reconnect with the jewellery with that jewellers. Yeah. Uh, another example I heard of uh, the other day was um, uh, a jeweller who's uh, got some spare space upstairs from his shop and um, has converted it into a meeting room and he gives that out free to the local chambers of commerce and business groups and business networking events because when any of those people, and they tend to be people with a bit of money, any of those people come in to, to use that space, they have to walk through his shop. That's right, it's like exit through the gift shop in exit. a way. <laughs> That's a very, very good analogy. And I just thought, wow, you know, this, this guy, and, and, and he also uses that space to put on events where there's, maybe there's a launch of a new product or a new range or, or he wants to talk to people about something, then he's got a kind of uh, a space that he can use to, um, uh, I suppose, focus group some of his ideas but also um, uh, sell to people in a, in a very different environment, in that experiential way mm. that we were talking about. And I, and I think it's you know a very good way to um, connect with the community again, as you were saying. You know, by putting on events and uh, thinking outside of the box. You know, look at your local community. Think about how um, you can re-engage them. What what are what are the clubs, the the societies that are in your local area? Connect yeah. with them, speak to them, invite people in. Um, do valuation days with the uh, the IRV. You know, it's it's all very very good advice, and 
Um, just with your own little spin, um, pushing out to social media, you'll be surprised at how many people will actually come to these events. I, I, exactly right. And um, don't forget the, the local press. You know, if you're, mm. if you're, a, if you're a, a jeweler in a, in a town, um, the, uh, journalists tend to be either lazy or very, very busy. So if you can give them a, a ready-made story with a couple of nice pictures, uh, maybe a picture of one of your items of jewellery or something historical. You know, we're coming up on the 100-year anniversary of the end of the First World War. If you've got something from that time period, you could, you could, mm. uh, you could uh, write a story around that and put that into local paper. Mm. They, they'll bite your hand off for that. It, it's jewellery. Everyone's interested in that That's anyway. right. And, and, and you can then say, and come and see this item in person in my shop and bring people in through the door. See, what's, ha what's happened since the, uh, the age of the internet is your message, is, all it's done has been diluted. It doesn't mean that your message is bad or it's not working. You just need to amplify it more with the digital tools that are available today. And um, once you get the hang of that and you get into that rhythm, you'll be very surprised at how much awareness you get in your local community. Yes, I, I, I agree. Um, you can, uh, well, in my last job, we had a lot of success around uh, geographically located uh, Facebook advertising. So, so we, we would target specific areas where there'd been a, a story about that you know, a giant rat was found or they'd, been a, they'd found Asian hornets there. Or mm. and we would target that area and the particular demographic we were mm. looking at. And for a couple of hundred pounds, we were getting huge spikes in, in hits on our website mm. from, from there. And that's got to be worthwhile. I mean, you know, you, you don't have to have many sales off that mm. to justify it. And it's not all about sales as well, I guess. You know, the, with awareness, you know, you're, you're telling stories, you're sharing information and just getting your name in front of your ideal clients. You know, uh, that, that is the key. Keep reminding them that you're there and, and slowly they'll, they'll keep remembering um, when they've got gifts to purchase. Oh, look, you know, there's a Mr. Jeweler down the road. Let's, let's go down and have a look. And only by keeping them in mind will... Well, you, uh, you'll see that footfall increase, I feel. I, I agree. I think um, a lot of retailers just thinking themselves as retailers, they don't, they don't leverage the, the many years of knowledge and experience that mm. they have mm. and, and, and put themselves out there as, as experts. Um, so so it's just another, they're just another shop to, mm. to people. If they can get out there on social media and maybe, mm. you know, we were talking about um, the local paper or, or, or on their website blogging about about things and, and kind of making that of relevance to people and, and showing that they have that knowledge, suddenly people are going to go, all right, okay, that's the person I need to turn to for, for help and advice. So they'll come in with their problems. They've, mm. I look, I've got, I found this, uh, this watch, it was my grandfather's, can you tell me about it? Or um, I've got this old brooch, what can I do with it? Mm. Those sort of things where, where they, they come to you and then you offer them a solution. And that is, that is, you're changing from, from being uh, almost a passive, you know, waiting for people to come through mm. the door to being somebody people go to. You're like a, more like a GP. That's right. Proactively um, talking about the, the stories and the, the, the products that you're offering. Yeah. And, yeah. and they can do things like, like this. And I realize we're, we're talking on, uh, on audio rather than video, but, you know, podcasts, blogs, if you just want to write something, uh, maybe a bit of video. I mean, mm. obviously a picture does paint a thousand words. Luckily, we're not on camera, because, <laughs> but uh, obviously for obvious reasons. Speak for yourself. Well, well, thank you. Uh, but the, uh, 
jewelry, obviously, it's a very visual medium, and, and it's and um, if you can if you can show people a product and talk about it, mm. and just do those little clips, mm. put them onto Facebook, put them onto mm. onto uh, social media. Mm. That's just showing people, wow, okay. So this is this this is this month's birthstone, or mm. this is uh, this is something that uh, harks back to a particular anniversary, or this is like. Meghan Markle's wedding ring, whatever that's going to look like. You know, right. those, those sort of things where you, people go, ah, oh, okay, I can, I can get that. And these guys are the experts. That's right. Wherever there's interest, there's, there's eyes at the end of the day. And if, yeah. if you can put your message in front of them, then it'll only be a plus. Well, it, well there is so much noise, isn't there? I mean, mm. you know, uh, we were talking before about the, the amount of emails you, you get in and mm. just the the swathes of stuff you have to yeah. wade through. I'm yeah. like hundreds a day. And um, uh, it's sometimes quite difficult to pick out something that is important and urgent. So you've got to kind of grab people with that headline or that first image and say, look at this. That's right. And hook them into, to then go down that, I suppose that sales funnel, it was a phrase you, you were using that, that encourages people to actually um, commit to some sort of purchase yeah, so or leaving their email or some kind yeah. of information to, to start that process yeah. and, and hook them into your, uh, to your world, you could say. Yes. So those, um, those jewellers that um, feel like they don't have the time to leave their, their store, um, you know, they're scared of missing out on sales if I leave. Well, what would you say to those jewellers um, about the help and support and the education that's out there so that they can actually take advantage of that? Well, from our point of view, the associations uh, realise that, that it is difficult for people to come out. I mean, we, we've seen it from the from the trade shows and some of the buying group events in, in the last 12 months that jewellers aren't leaving their stores. Mm. Maybe they haven't got the money to buy, I don't know, but also mm. that, that they, they, they fear, it's that fear of missing out. They're staying in their, in their shops. So we're trying to develop a lot more uh, web-based training and support and also come out to, to our members. So we're doing our NAJ live events. We were in uh, Leeds last weekend and got about 30, 35 people along to that. Um, retailers that got together. Um, uh, these, these, these leaders forums that we've run uh, in, mm. in London and Birmingham, again, just getting people in a room to talk about things and see things from a different perspective. Mm. Um, what I'd like to do is not just be retailers or manufacturers to get that mix of people. So mm. you're seeing people that you wouldn't normally see, you get some mm. designers in the room and, and, and then retailers can say, well, the problem with your designs is this. And, then, <laughs> and the designers can say, well, well, that's because you're not doing that. You're not giving this feedback. That's so right. kind of helping everybody. I think that's the role of the association. Yeah, and forcing that conversation again, really, isn't it? To, to bring those uh, different areas of the industry together to, um, you know, interact in a way that they wouldn't usually do. Yeah, we, um, we've got real success already with our um, uh, Institute of Racial Values. They've got a fantastic uh, kind of forum, a, a, a Google group going around where they, they're really uh, open in the share information. I'd really love to replicate that for other mm. sectors of our membership mm. and also allow other people to dip in. It's not like it's, it needs to be necessarily a protected group. Mm. It can also be, look, ask a valuer or... Um, I want to know how uh, manufacturers can help with this particular issue mm. I've got. You know, get that feedback mechanism going. That's what the association's all about. So another part of our website will be behind a sort of protected members area. There'll be a there'll be a forum for people to interact. Perfect. Um, so we're gonna kind of scale things up. We're gonna uh, release things in, in chunks so we know that it works before we go on to the next chunk. So um, there's a whole big section behind this members wall, uh, paywall of, um, 
kind of better business support. So it's about meeting your legal requirements for, for businesses from across the sector. It's about making sure that you and your staff are, uh, are safe and protected, but also offering training opportunities and signposting. So if you, for example, want management training or you, uh, you want to become a stone setter, Mm. or you're really interested in just finding out a bit more about how hallmarking works, we can direct you to, to mm. providers, not just an AJ, but other mm. people out there that can, can support them. So there's some fantastic training out there. I mean, mm. some amazing stuff mm. driven by experts. So we want to signpost to the best of the best to help the industry become more professional. And I think that's, again, you know, you, you'll be able to do these things on your, on your phone, on your, on your laptop at work during a, a lunch break or you know when you get home at the end of the day just grab a, a 10 minute bite-sized bit of information that would be really valuable to to help people's development i think it's uh, an excellent idea and i think um a, a lot of members are looking forward to seeing the the result and getting involved so nice. when when um when can we expect this uh new website well you're always a hostage of fortune when you say, <laughs> when you say a date so i'll say i'll say a month so i'll say september we, what we what we're hoping to do is for uh for ijl we've got a standard ijl is to be able to show people what the website looks like if it's ready to go by then fantastic but come along and, and see us have a look at what it what it's what it's all about we can talk people through that process about about how the website will work and um, what we do need our members to do uh, particularly retailers but others others too is to make sure that the information that we hold is accurate so we're coming out with a form for people to fill in to just make sure that the information when it goes on there is absolutely accurate so the front end of the website i talked about mm. it being a consumer focus will have a really good find a member uh, search on it so if people are looking for uh, i don't know people that can provide a particular brand or a particular type of product uh, near to them then mm. it will give them a geographical and a category search uh, which is quite complicated, but we'll actually be able to, they'll be able to find a valuer, yeah. they'll be able to find a retailer. Um, and obviously for our members, if they want to find a manufacturer, they want to uh, find somebody that uh, produces uh, labels for their display cases, they'll, they'll be able to do that through the website. Sounds excellent. I think um, you've got a, a lot on your plate, no doubt, over the coming months. And um, I can positively say that I'm excited to see what's to come with the website and, and how it uh, all comes together. I'm, uh, I'm sure it's, it's gonna bring more community and uh, more understanding to uh, the consumer, especially uh, to our wonderful trade. So um, I think in short, good luck with the coming maps. I'm really excited to, to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you for being our first guest. Thank and you. Um, uh, if you'd like to tell the listeners where they can visit the NAJ online, um, at www.naj.co.uk. Excellent, that's great. Thank you very much, Simon, and um, we'll speak again soon, no doubt. Thanks, Ryan. Take care. It's been a pleasure.